fourth episode, Dirt Exchange Podcast. We're kind of kind of getting rolling on this deal, having one every week. We really are, and, and shockingly, they're letting us keep moving forward. I know, I know, and uh, talked to a couple people the other night, and the feedback's on, on it's good. They like it. Hearing so, a lot of good feedback, yeah. uh, more than more than I uh, had figured. Yeah, so pretty so, cool. Uh, today. Uh, today's show, I should say, we, we got a couple things. We're going to talk a little bit more of the dealer world as opposed to the grower and the farmer world that we have been talking about. And we finally had a chance to catch up with Andy Arps from Platte Valley Equipment. Um, yep. They've been absolutely slammed in the shop. It's their busy time. You know, people are getting ready for harvest now. Of course. And fixing stuff that they broke during planting and that kind of stuff. So I uh, finally got a chance to catch up with him. And we'll we'll go out there at the end of the show and, and, and talk to him a little bit. But um let's talk about remarketing equipment remarketing it's always a hot topic great topic you know Chris. there's there's a lot to it um you know the main goal in remarket in, in remarketing is to obtain optimal value for a used piece of equipment now there's a few different ways that you can get a used piece of equipment it can be a trade-in it can be a purchase you know uh lease turn-in or even repos you know we hate to hear that but unfortunately that, that does happen um probably one of the the main things once you start remarketing your used piece is is listing it in a retail avenue. Um, what are some pros and cons that you see in in retail listing or marketing retail? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, first of all, I'm going to get to that. But uh, one thing about remarketing, Chris, is um, we can we can either make it complicated as can be, mm-hmm. or we can make it simple. Right. And we're here today to give a few guidelines of how to make it simple. Yeah. Um, so, but but some of the pros and cons, I suppose. Um, I think the first first thing is is the expense. Yeah. Of of really advertising at retail, um, there are several different avenues. Yeah. Um, you know, wh- whether it's a, your own website or a third party company that you list it with, you know, for for exposure. Um, yeah, cost is, is a huge, huge part of that, you know? Yeah, because, uh, you know, like you had brought up, you, you have your, your website remarketing, um, where, you know, essentially what you're doing is, is remarketing that, that piece to your, your existing yeah. customers yeah, and so forth. So that takes time and money and, and, and that. And then, uh, you know, retaking pictures, we're going to get to that yep. again. Yep. Um, but, but that takes time and money and, and, and you know, uh, I guess the, the pro on, 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 on that side, you know, if, if a customer or a dealer or what have you can get that, that piece sold retail, there's more cash in their pocket. Well, yeah, there's, there's more cash potential. More Potentially cash. more cash. Yep. Um, as long as you're smart about it, because a good situation, and, and whether you trade for the piece or buy it right or whatever it may be, right. a good decision can turn into a bad decision pretty quick with, the way, with the way markets go and how seasonal stuff is. Because you got to think about things like floor planning. You know, the longer you have it, the, the more money you're going to do that. And, and also just the cost of ownership, the lot rot, per se. You know, sitting on the, on the lot, batteries go dead. You know, it might have a, a slow leak in the tire, and then you got to fix it and that kind of stuff. But well, um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you you've got to look at uh, how much you've got to put back into the machine. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the piece well, of co- equipment. Cost of ownership. Cost is, of ownership is, is e- e- it even can for be a tremendous. Dealer. You know, yep. I mean, so you know, you have to look at different avenues. Yeah, there. and I wanted to talk about websites a little bit because the 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 
the environment that we're in in this business, technology is is a huge component it is. for it. So you you have guys that that have a website and they do a little bit with it, but they don't fully understand how some of that works. And and that right. is your digital storefront. It is. You know, for a guy like myself, if I'm shopping for a tractor and I I see one, you know, in, down in the south in Mississippi or Louisiana or Texas or wherever it may be, that representation of their website is how I view their company. Yes. And and not only myself, but also Google, because let's let's be honest, Google is the the leader in search engines, right? It, it is. Um, you know, and and they prioritize things a little bit different um, on how things show up. It's not just traffic based or how long you've had the website they they do a lot of stuff and and they're putting a lot of focus on what people refer to now as responsive sites right so that's a site that you pull up on your desktop and and see how it looks you can pull it up on your phone or your tablet or anything that's a smaller screen and it's still going to give you that desktop feel it's not going to be watered down it's it's going to look similar or the same across right. the board right. for a better user experience and they see that so they are you know putting more emphasis behind that and, and boosting those up in the search results you know there's there's also stuff like you, you know your page worth a website has a page worth mm -hmm. you know the more the more stuff you have on your website the more it's worth to google as far as the page counts go there's a lot of dealers out there that do things like blogs which bring a lot of page counts because if you're searching for something it pulls up one of your key key terms. You Google looks at all these things, and it's like, oh, this this page or this website has 54 pages, but this one has 260. Well, that 260 page is more apt to have the info that you're looking for, so they're going to try to direct you to that one. Um, so make sure that you're putting in the effort digitally when when you're remarketing your stuff and that, and that goes with pictures as well you know a lot of people think that you can take you know five six pictures put the serial number on it and a short description and anybody who looks at it's going to know what what it is right that's not the case right. you know in a lot of cases these people are buying pieces from all over the world they might not ever see that piece in person until it shows up at their doorstep so you know take take a lot of pictures you know i i recommend you know 40. Is, is is kind of the number depending that, on the piece but i yes. mean if you if you've got a worthwhile piece 40 minimum yeah, yeah. definitely you know and, definitely. and show everything that is relevant to selling that machine or that tells the story of that machine right you know right. and and make sure you take them horizontally don't take them vertical so you get a good solid picture you know as well one so. thing i wanted to bring up you, you brought up google yeah and and you brought up the website and so forth um and you know the 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 remarketing situation you know most of the time our dealers or or, or whatever industry you might be in um you may remarket to your current customers right yeah and and that's all fine and dandy but there's got to be this remarketing versus retargeting type yes. situation and if you're just if you're just emailing or or or, or um just just basically advertising through your website to your current customers um, you're really just you're just really shifting that piece back to the customers, which is fine. Yeah, uh, that's one way to do it. But one way to also, um, and our marketing department is pretty good at this. Um, um, we we will infiltrate Google AdWords. Yeah, for instance, 
um, and uh, what and and hit different demographics. Yeah. Well, and it's all it's all about expanding your clientele because if if you could sell everything that you had on your lot to the people that are within your DMA or you know within 30 40 miles of your store there's no need for anything else but unfortunately that's that's not the case it's not you know anymore. you need to reach out I mean, the fact of you know buying living in Nebraska and buying a piece in Florida it's kind of becoming the norm and and people are shipping them and transporting them it's it's no big deal it's, it it's is like, no big deal it's anymore. like you know it's no, it's normal you know so what one of the other things to to kind of touch on in the remarketing side is the auction approach now I, I have some dealers that I that I've worked with that are heavy auction people they they you know do the turn and burn type thing sure they get a little bit less margins but but they, they make their money in the volume that they push it can be a quicker turnaround yeah it well, really can be. And, and you're also getting more potential customers right. that that you typically would not have seen well I mean a great point to that you know greater customers a great point point to that is if if you're advertising on an auction um, and and uh, that you know you're gonna get calls and so forth yeah. on those pieces yeah you know and a, and a great point to this is is when you do get those calls who says if they're not interested in that piece per se or if it doesn't fit their mold that yeah. you can't upsell or side sell well and it's or cross sell yeah, or, or save their info and it's a lead generator it's a lead you know, generator they might you might be selling a power quad but they wanted an ILS or a, a power shift for instance save that you run across that reach back out to them you know exactly so um, but yeah that's one of the the, the the quick turnaround the potential new customers um, are, are all pros of of using an auction service, you know, for your remarketing. One of the other things is, you know, you potentially have a guaranteed sale depending on how you do it. You know, there's there's several different companies out there. Um, I challenge everybody to do the research and find Definitely the one that, do the research, that, yeah. that works best for them. But you you have the option of, of selling absolute, and in some of them you have the option of selling absolute and selling with a reserve to protect your item, you know, and, and your investment, you know, so, there, there is a certain amount of risk in auctioning. You know, if you go with a no reserve type auction, the thing is going to bring what it's going to bring, and 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 it's it's going to. Well, you just don't have control. Right. You have no control right. over that asset. In in a situation where if you listen to something with a reserve, you have the control. You can decide when to pull the plug or to let it roll. Full control you know? of that piece, so you know, so you don't lose your button on an absolute sale. And, you know. And and one of the things that I really like about auctions is is I personally think that online equipment auctions are the way of the future. They're here and, and, and there's a lot of them and, and everybody's doing well, but I think they're the way of the future where you're gonna see less and less retail marketing and more auction style marketing because you get that, what I call wholetail, right? You, you That's list, a good point. You list a, a piece point. You list a piece on there and you have the, the dealers, the wholesalers or the jockeys that come in and they set the floor, Yep. right? So they're they're going to bid up to what they think wholesale value is. Yes. Then you have Farmer Bill down the road that sees this piece and believes that he can probably buy this because it's an auction. He can buy it a little bit cheaper than he could driving down to the dealership and getting it. So, yeah, you, it moves it up in between that wholesale retail type number. Now we've seen it where you get full blown retail and then more. 
You do, and it, it all depends on the demand of that piece. At every auction, regardless of, of who's doing it or what it is, it could be a real estate auction, equipment auction, or a retirement sale. Dispersal. There's, yep. there's a certain amount of volatility, good or bad, in every auction. There is, yes. You know, and, and it's all about the customers that come to play that day, or the, the buyers that come to play that day. You, need, you, you only need two. You only need two. Yeah. Yep. So, um, moving on here a little bit, um, what are, what's another common way that, that dealers are remarketing <laughs> some of these pieces? Well, depending on the piece, you might have an option of going to wholesalers directly yeah. um, or, you know, a sealed bid process. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that brings up a pretty interesting point. We just got in talking about auctions um, and, and getting that mix of wholesale, retail, the little bit of risk that can be involved depending on how you choose to list it. Right. Um, one of the pros with wholesalers is you get a guaranteed cash offer, essentially. Like, they're, they're check riders. They're, they're buying it for their business or to flip or whatever it may be. So they're willing to write a check. Yep. In most cases, however you're not getting the full potential money out of that piece because what, what, are, what, are what, are, what are wholesalers going to do with that piece well essentially what wholesalers will look at doing is either if that piece needs a little work they may fix it up right that's first and foremost yeah uh, but their options really are they're going to either a sell it retail yep or b listen on an auction and, and it's one of those and, and that's what they do ultimately every time yeah and it's one of those things it's up to the dealer to decide Am I okay letting this go? Right. Is, is it a piece that I that I don't necessarily want on my lot? I want it to be somebody else's worry, somebody else's headache, and and move it on down the line. If the answer is yes to that, yeah, explore the wholesale, the wholesale market on it. You know, but you got to be careful. You know, say it's a you know we'll use a John Deere dealership for instance. They have you know six s six eighty combines in stock, uh -huh. heavy machinery, pretty costly. Um, you know, a lot of money wrapped up in them, and they're and they're slow movers, right? right there's right. there's a couple yeah. times a year you buy combines. Generally, yes. Well, say you're going to wholesale that to you know a wholesaler or a jockey. Well, he might turn around and flip it, or he could list it retail. But what is essentially, if if he's somewhat in your area, what, what's he becoming? He's becoming a comp the competition. The competition, right? Because because right, yeah. somebody's looking at that, they're going to look at that S680. They're gonna look at the ones that you have and then make that decision. And now you're going head to head with them, which I know what happens. And, and if it minimizes your risk and you're okay with it, I get it. But you gotta be selectful on on what you're, what you're doing and what you're wholesaling. You really do. Um, you know, you, you bring up a very valid point. Um, but one thing I wanted to say, or what we had talked about, yeah. um, there, is a process for each one of these for the dealer yes. or the business owner yes they all have their part they all have their part but when when it comes to processing this for for the dealers we work with they understand this process they want to make this business process as simple as possible not jar up the books yeah um because that's another subject and we can talk about that another yeah. time but uh just make this simple as as possible yeah but there's, there's a, each one of these is a solution. Yeah, and, and diving a little bit farther in depth to the remarketing, let's talk about <laughs> the, the consumer end of it, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we talk to 
dealers and consumers all over the country on a daily basis. Yes, we do. You know, so we've we've heard from dealers on things that they do that work and we've talked to certain consumers that said, "Hey, this dealership did a great job at this. I would definitely do business with them again." You know, and and so let's talk about some of those things. You know, one of the the big things is is your your customer interaction and your consistency with the customer. You know, we touched on it a little bit ago the fact that it's becoming the new norm to buy a piece of equipment halfway across the country or across the pond and you know out of country you know that that happens as well so you have to take a proactive approach to this you you really do and and you know we've we've like you said we've heard from dealers and we've yeah. heard from the end user the consumer and uh and so we're getting feedback from them yeah. all the time and and a lot of the feedback we're getting is the dealers really need to treat their customers across the span proactively like yep. you said no matter if it's sales parts or service yes um because some of these people some of these dealers um uh, the consumers do want to be contacted consistently yeah. constantly yeah, yeah. Um, for their needs, right, and and you know you may pick up a sale or four. Well, yeah, and, and with the way everything's going, you know, if, if I'm a if I'm a farmer and and I buy a piece that that's getting trucked in from a dealership, and two three years roll around and it's time for me to buy another tractor or a combine, I'm going to go to their website and look as long as I had a good experience with them, you know, because there was a reason why I bought that first piece. It might have been the right machine, or it could have been the right price, or it could have been a combination of the both. You know, and, and, it, and it made sense. So I'm going to continue to shop there as long as it was good. And, you know, we, we spent a lot of time in the auto industry prior to what we're doing now. You and I have. We were like Bert and Ernie. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so we've, we've been able to, to take a look at both, both industries. They're very similar. There's a lot of similarities in, in how, they're, how everything's done. Wow. With the exception, I feel the ag industry and the ag dealers as far as a technology standpoint are with their customers are five six seven years behind the auto industry Roughly, yeah you know i remember back in you know 2010 2011 2012 people taking pictures on vehicles they sold tagging their customers in it saying what a privilege it was to work with you or or giving a customer a shout out in the service lane that kind of stuff and you're starting to see that trickle now into you know the the dealership world um probably in the last couple of years but i think they can do a better job at that because everybody likes to see their name on name in the lights exactly you know everybody likes to hear their name but i think you know i mean that's a good point and 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 i think what the 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 auto industry did so well those years five six seven years ago was the first subject we talked about was remarketing yes because yes. chris you and i both know um, we did business development with, with with those car dealerships. Yeah, and and worked a lot with the internet. Yeah, and we were shipping, literally shipping vehicles all over the U.S. Well, do you remember and that? That's due to remarketing. Well, do you do you remember the the lead that I had got? And it was I was green in the business, and it was a gentleman from Dubai. Yeah, that was looking I at a that totally. a standard GT. Uh, Pontiac Grand Grand Dam, nice car, but in the U.S. doesn't have a lot of luster to it. I right, mean, it's right, a normal car. Right. You know, I had took I took him serious, 
and we worked, you know, probably for about a month or so um, on the deal, and we sent it over to Dubai in, in a crate, you know, yep. and and that's literally halfway across the world. Yep. You know. Yep. So it's 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 one of those things that that you need to focus on it a a, a little bit more. So you know, Chris, I think a good good thing to talk about here, you know, is. Uh, the dealer to dealer type network yeah. and then and then touch on that a little bit and then I, I would love to hear about your inventory cycle. Yeah. Well, you know, there's it's always a good idea for for dealers to converse with other dealers. Um, maybe not necessarily competitors because you're giving out trade secrets, but if it's one of those things where you might develop a relationship with a guy three states over or four states over. They might be in similar situations as you, but they're doing stuff a little bit different because their philosophy is a little bit different. And there might be a you know way that, that they you know remarket something that works for them. And maybe it's something that you adapt to and you try a little bit. You know, so getting together and having a, a discussion, whether it be on the phone or at conventions or dealer meetings with these guys is only gonna help move move the needle a little bit. It will. It yeah. will, and you'll, you'll see an increased amount of sales that way as yeah. well. Yeah, and and you know we we talked about the the auto industry, and I spent a lot of time there. And one of the things in the auto industry is inventory control, your inventory life cycle. Turn and burn. It plays a huge part where you know you're 45 to 60 days, and that used piece is gone. It has to be gone. It has to be because gone. it can change three to five thousand overnight in some of those situations. The markets fluctuate. Yeah, so much it's unbelievable. And 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 not so much in the in the ag world. But you do have seasonal stuff. You know, construction stays pretty good. Transportation stuff stays pretty good. But the ag, there's a little bit more volatility with seasonal stuff and that kind of thing. And and so one of the, the things that I've always preached to my customers is, is make sure you have a good inventory life cycle. And, and, and have a plan in place and follow it. And do not get emotionally attached to these pieces of equipment. Yep. You know, that's, that's the key. That's the key is do not get emotionally attached. So, so something that, that I have proposed to a lot of my dealers and and many of them follow it religiously and it's and it's nice but and it sounds like it's working yeah so. it, it, it it works out really well but what you do is you you get your piece up online you you upload from the beginning with the right pictures not just snapping one before it goes in the shop to get it online market it correctly from the beginning and then list it at your normal retail price day 60 rolls around check your activity on it. Have you gotten calls on it? Have you gotten emails on it? If not, drop the price a little bit. And then and then again, you do it at 120, you drop the price. Again, at one, day 180, drop the price. By day 200, if you still have that piece, you need to be searching for an outlet. That's where you contact you know, your auction provider, you contact your wholesaler, wh whatever route you're going. But then by day 245, it's gone. It's, it's off the, the lot. It doesn't have a birthday. Because three, four, five years ago, when the ag market took a huge hit, there were some dealers that had equipment that were 13, 1400 days old. Yeah, I mean, that's some birthdays. Gonna, well, yeah, that's three, four years old. And, and guess what? They took 50, 60, 70, $80,000 baths on those pieces because they were emotionally attached to it. Well, the market is what the market is. You yeah. cannot count on the market to go up, down. Yeah. Uh, you, you've just, using your inventory cycle, will benefit these dealers greatly. Yeah. And and it's proven. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad you brought that up today. Hopefully, everybody kind of can get something out of this little tidbit that we talked about and and, if, and 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 if they need more info, just research it, contact us, whatever it may be. Yeah. 
And as I mentioned at the start, um, in the second half of the podcast, we're going to sit down with Andy Arps, uh, yep. Platte Valley equipment. But before we get to that, I would like to give a quick shout out to DPA Auctions. They allow us to bring this podcast free of charge to everybody that listens. You know, amongst the leaders on the online auction industry, DPA Auctions has provided their customers with strong core values, most affordable commissions, enhanced marketing techniques, and complete full service experience. As a third generation company, they are selling made simple. Please visit dpaauctions.com for all your equipment needs. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at DPA Auctions. So we appreciate their support. Very much deal. Very All much right. Deal. Well, let's get out there and chat with Andy. Sounds great. Look forward to hearing. All right. You're back on another episode of the Dirt Exchange podcast. Uh, here at Andy Arps, service manager for Platte Valley Equipment. Thanks for joining us and letting us do a little filming here and, sure. and talk to you and pick your Absolutely. brain a little bit. Now, obviously, if anybody's from Nebraska, they're familiar with Platte Valley Equipment. You guys got four locations Clarkson, Fremont, Humphrey and of course here in Wahoo. So, how uh, how long have you been with Platte Valley? I've been with Platte Valley for about three months now. Okay. Uh, I've been with Deer for about 14 years. So okay. I've been I was a tech in the shop for that okay. 13 years. So. so you got you got some experience in that time. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I'm not definitely not green. So. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> now, if if I remember right, you didn't make the normal transition. You you know you graduated high school, went to college, but you didn't do a diesel technology program. What did What no. did you do? I actually went to uh, college for AMP. So I started out with that, finished that, and I did that for shoot about three years. Okay. Okay. And, and go ahead. And I, I'm not very smart. What is AMP? Uh, aviation mechanics. So. Okay. So working on stuff with real tight tolerances. Oh yeah, very touchy stuff. I mean, yeah. you don't exactly pull over on the side of the road with the plane. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so uh, efficiency is key and then also uh, your accuracy and how you're repairing yes, stuff. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a very precise thing to be in. I mean, yeah. there's no, you know, you do it, you have somebody else inspect it, and I mean, then there's another person that comes and looks at it again. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a long process. It's a lot of a lot of paperwork. Yeah. You know, things like that. So. So what? Tell us about your transition from the aviation world to being with deer. Well, you know, the biggest thing was is that I wanted to turn more wrenches and just kind of get dirty because you work on planes, everything's pretty clean, cut yeah. dry. You know, you do your inspection, your your annual or whatever. And basically, you didn't get to do a lot of like engine work, you know, transmissions, things like yeah. that. They didn't really have that. So I was like, well, what else is there out there, you know? Yeah. And I thought about automotive. I'm like, okay, I could do that, you know. But I worked on, you know, my own stuff at home. I was like, I really don't want to do that. And I was like, well, what about ag? Yeah. I'm like, well, everybody knows about John Deere. I was like, well, you got to go for the best. So, there you go. So I went and applied for the job and, uh, it took some convincing to get the job because at the time he asked me, he's like, why would somebody with an AMT license want to work on that? Right. I'm like, well, he's like, you have no experience. You didn't go through the John Deere program, any program whatsoever. I was like, well, I'll tell you what, you give me a chance. Yeah. And I won't prove you wrong. Yeah. So he's like, all right. He's like, okay. So he gave me the chance and, you know, 14 years later, here I am, yeah. you know, and I loved every minute of it. It was, it's, uh. You know, you work uh, like here. I mean, this this place is literally a family. I mean, you spend more time with these guys mm -hmm. than you do basically your own. So I mean, 
and everybody here gets along great. Doesn't matter if you're at, here at the Wahoo store or Fremont, Clarkson, and Humphrey. Doesn't really matter. I mean, everybody, I mean, we all like, you know, obviously we're a team here, but we're a team outside of just Wahoo. Right, right. Well, and you guys just had a company softball game. Yeah, yeah, that was a- Did you guys win? No, we- uh, Plot Valley won though, right? Plot Valley won, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, we went overtime and lost by one, but that's right. okay. At the end of the day, it was it was a good day. Yeah, so. that's that's the way it goes sometimes, and it's cool that you've, you know, you 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 started out in one place, found your calling, yeah, and, and, and you're here. You yeah, know, that's was, that's a cool story. I love every minute of, of this job and uh, talking to the customers. You know, getting a feel how they're doing it. Sometimes other days are better than others, but you know, you get the one guy that comes in and it doesn't go so well, but then the next guy will come in, he's like. And he's like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, what's that? I was like, he's like, I don't know how you find nice people like you got in the shop. Yeah. He's like, well, and, and I know a few of the guys you got in the shop, and it sounds like, you know, from what I know of them, you got a heck of a team. Oh yeah. You know, um, a lot of younger guys they're, that are they're young, yeah. that are you know starting out or, or been doing it a little while, but early in their careers, you know, and and being able to get somebody on on that level or that age coming in, you can build a team for years to come that is oh, going to yeah. be extremely strong and yeah. knowledgeable. I mean, it's it's one thing, you know, getting a tech, you know, and he could have every tool in the, you know, that's required. But if you know you don't have a good attitude, you know, respect one another, want to be a team player. Yeah. I mean, those are the guys that are really hard to find. And, well, and fortunately, I, I'm I, I have those guys. Yeah. I have, and how many you know? times is somebody out there asking an, a colleague for a second opinion? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's probably a daily occurrence or multi times a day. More than not. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice to have that. You know, and if if I don't have the answer, you know, I can go ask Chris or one of the other guys. Yeah. Be like, hey, have you seen this before? Or maybe one of the other stores. You know, and they're like, oh yeah, this is this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, obviously it's impossible to to know everything, and that's why everybody's efficient as, as efficient as they are is because everybody gets along, talks to one another, talks it out, does a look over, say, is this a good idea to do this this way? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but they ask the question before yeah. it gets too far well, or in the wrong direction. A lot of cases, so. two heads are always better than one. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So, well, when we were walking in here, um, I've seen a lot of branding that you don't see pretty much anywhere else. Um, E3, what's what's that all about? Okay, E3, and we're not going to get too in-depth in it because we'll be here for two hours. <laughs> right, right. But uh, E3 is a program that we have. Uh, basically, you sign up for it. Uh, you know, and it's kind of uh, customer base. You know, depending on what they want. But what, basically, what that is, is it's it it's a program you buy to basically guarantee you that because uh, you get so many inspections okay. with E3. Okay. So when you sign up for it, then you get the uh, the equipment that you want. You obviously sign that up, and it's guaranteed. You know, then to come okay. to that door. You know. And it's it's got some perks to it, some yeah. some uh, parts details and uh, uh, service call information, stuff like that. Some other AMS stuff that uh, obviously comes with it. It's a it's a long list, and it's all good stuff. Well, I mean, while we were setting up, I was actually I hopped on the website platvalleyequipment.com mm -hmm. and just kind of skimmed through it. Yeah, there's a whole list of stuff yeah. that you get. It looks like it's a huge value and kind of a takes the hassle and the nonsense out of a lot of, you know, the service yeah. work or, or just the, the typical stuff that has to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good program. 
Uh, I like it. You know, I actually, uh, I had a customer, I, I called him and I said, hey, are you going to bring your platform up? He's like, well, I don't know if I want that inspected. I'm not sure. I'm like, well, you already bought the E3 program. I said, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. And then he's like, yeah, I forgot about that. And you bring it in and it's here right now and we're actually working on it. Because right what's so, it covers like one combine, one tractor, uh, platform, planner. Yep, it does uh, tractor and I believe this is correct. The combine tractor planner and platform and a corn head. Okay. Is what it does. So and all the that, tools that they use yes, essentially. Pretty much yeah. all the extremely important yeah. ones, the ones that make you the most money. So Well, good you know. good deal. What um what do you guys got going on in the shop? What kind of stuff are you working on? Oh, we have a list of things. Right now, mainly combines, what we're trying to do with that. Okay. You know, get those out the door so we can get those ready for the guys for harvest. We have a ton of uh, heads out there that need to be done yet. Very few tractors right now, but they'll slowly start rolling yeah. on the door. A uh, couple sprayers here and there. Uh, Balers and wind rollers. Uh, is, is hay right now. The time. So yeah. a lot of that, we're punching those out too. So. Okay. Um, walking in here, I notice uh, the shops looks a little bit different. You guys got some stuff going on there. What? Uh, oh boy. What are you doing? Doing a remodel? We're doing a remodel. So we are over halfway done we've got the one half of the shop done so to kind of give you an idea of what we did uh, we actually ripped out all the old insulation uh, we are we hired a company to come in to foam it and actually just seal it foam it and it's three inch thick of foam oh, okay. all the way around so and then we painted it white and boy i tell you what the guys it, like they can't believe how nice it looks and it looks a, it looked bright in there yeah it's very bright it's going to look really nice uh, we got the wash bay that got redone too. So I mean, so it's not going to be your typical dirty dungy no, it's, shop. No, it's it's a it's very bright. It's, you almost have to put sunglasses on in there <laughs> to go out there anymore. So, well, good deal. Well, we're kind of in a in a lull between you know most people are harvesting or have planted. We're obviously not ready for harvest. Um, yeah, they might be doing a little bit of irrigation and that kind of stuff. So this is usually part of your guys's busy point where. Um, you know, people are bringing stuff in, or you guys have recommended services that you, you know, suggest that they do about this time. What What would you recommend if I was a farmer? What do you recommend I'm doing with my equipment now, or what do I need to take care of before harvest? Right now, I would say, basically the combines. Uh, we definitely want to get those in, get them inspected, fix what we need to, you know, and just. The least amount of times that you know that customer breaks down, yeah, the better it is for everybody. He's going to get done quicker. Yep. You know, we're still going to be able to keep going, pushing through. You know, here at the shop, you know, and stuff like that. No matter what you have, you know, machine-wise, I mean, any color you have is obviously going to break. Okay. Yeah. And well, yeah, the, these machines take a beating. You know, I mean, they're they're ran they're dawn to dusk sometimes. Yeah. You know, or most times, I should say. So. And, and again, that's the most expensive tool they have in their toolbox. And unfortunately, right. there is, you know, mechanical failure. I mean, luckily, that's why you're here. <laughs> you know, it's why, why all this exists. So I mean, it's important to keep, you know, keep that machine going at maximum performance. I mean, one hour of downtime for a guy is a long time. I mean, yeah. you can get done a lot done in an hour. You know, oh yeah, talking, absolutely. You know, and obviously this. Uh, uh, planting season was a quite the challenge I mean, yeah so that with that so is harvest is going to be the same yeah so we kind of want to 
get these things done ahead of time so we can keep everybody running so we can you know make it run as smooth as possible yeah so that's that's the goal you know well, well good deal so anybody looking for any of their John Deere needs I guess give Platte Valley Equipment a call and you can find them online platvalleyequipment.com you know if you're on social media Twitter PVE equip uh, Facebook also PEV equip um, I'll go ahead and post the links down in the description and uh, we'll go from there so yeah. and like a, I'd like to add you know if anybody out there that's watching it to have questions about it I, yeah. it doesn't matter you know whatever it is you know you're not you know you get a lot of guys call oh, I'm, I'm bugging you it's like no you're not bugging me yeah. that's what I'm here for I'm here for the customers you know to make sure they get what they need what they want and I do the absolute best job that I possibly can so yeah. and the guys in the shop do the same I mean they you know they just they do it they do a very good job of it everybody does here you know and kind of something I forgot to mention was you know like the parts and the sales and stuff like that I mean if there's something you guys are looking for something like that we can get you a salesman if you know whatever they need you know? yeah absolutely so, absolutely well before we get out of here I want to talk about some a project that you and I, along oh, yeah. with some some friends of ours, good friends of ours, I Absolutely. should say, yeah. almost like having our own little family, have been working on, and it's Alps Angels. Tell everybody what the Alps Angels is all okay, about. Okay, well, Alps Angels is, well, basically we were sitting around a fire one night, and we said, you know what, we all ride together, and uh, somebody's like, well, why don't we see if other people want to ride with us, you know? Yeah. And we literally that evening came up with the Alps Angels, and then we got together that Sunday, I believe. Mm -hmm. We all went riding together and had a little meeting and did some uh, addressing with this and that. And then uh, it's just kind of rolled out from there. And kind of what we do is just we uh, get events going, like our rides that we've had. Some mm -hmm. of you guys are familiar with that already. Yeah. And we just uh, basically whatever money we raise we pretty much give it back to the community or, yeah. or somebody that's in need of it i mean we don't do it for the money you know we do it absolutely for the fun well, I mean, it's, it's just a great time because the people that you run into it's like like we went to south dakota yeah. how did we meet uh yeah, we should, yeah, yeah well yeah we went to south dakota on vacation over the fourth and uh, we were invited there by a guy who attended our first ride joel yeah and uh, rode with him he showed us all over south dakota it was it was awesome um but yeah basically it's just, it's, we're a nonprofit in no, that situation yes, we um we use side by sides and atv to to raise some money we got some some cool events coming up and we've done a couple now mm -hmm. um our first one we had about 150 people the second one we were i think right at 250 or we real close we were, yeah. but it was cold it was cold it was uh and that kind of killed us yeah and, and and the people who stuck it out god bless them it was amazing yeah, thumbs but, up to those guys <laughs> exactly but it was cool we we did a benefit did the the ride for um carson biltoff who's um carson's crew uh, if you can look him up on facebook uh young bright energetic, energetic kid i mean just just a, a great, great kid and a great family. Yes. Um, but he was diagnosed in, in his mom's womb with spina bifida. And they went through a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but it was cool to be able to give back to him. I think that all in total we raised like 3,500 bucks in, in, in one day for him. Um, and then because of that, we've kind of gained a little bit of notoriety locally with the paper and, yep. and in our community and, and in Prague where, where we live or you outside and 
you know, me a little ways away as well, but um, they had asked us to put on an event for their big celebration, which is Beer Barrel Days, which right. is coming up on August 10th. So we're going to do, and this kind of fits in with your profession a yeah. little bit. Yes, um, we're going to do an ATV UTV sled pull, just like the tractor pulls, obviously on a little bit smaller scale. Um, so it should be pretty fun. And then we got another September ride coming up, yeah. um, I think on the 21st. And we'll get some more information out about that. But uh, anybody that's interested in that can go to Facebook and look up at Alps Angels and mm -hmm. um, we'll have all the info on there. So anything on Alps Angels or anything that we missed that you want to touch on? Oh, if you, if you guys ever want to go ride, just let us know. Sounds good. If you got thoughts, ideas, places you want to go. Yeah. We're always up to ride. Absolutely. So. Might lose an axle on a camper here or there, but oh, we, <laughs> we can handle happens. it. So it happens. Well, anyway, Andy, thanks for giving us the time. Thank you, um, thanks for Plot Valley for having us here and, and letting us do this thing. So we look forward to uh, working with you guys in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. There you go.